Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Waddle and Sylvie share 50 moments over the past 50 years that Chicago sports fans wish they could cut from their memories. Presented by Great Clips. So this is uh, where we decided to go in 2024. Let's clip it out. Out of the memory. Out clip of it the out memory. of the memory. Last year, we, for a 25-year anniversary, we did the 25 greatest moments in the last 25 years. What was our number one? I forgot already. The Cubs are winning the World That's Series. That's right. That's where I voted. Yes. Yes, you I did. I voted for that. Uh, the Bulls winning it in 98 was number two. But uh, we decided that, number one, the Cubs winning the World Series, that it was probably the craziest game we've ever seen. My vote was impacted, as I said at the time, by being there as well. It was the coolest environment, sports environment, or the most dramatic sports environment I've ever been associated with. I've been very lucky that I was at all three of the, the big three. I was at uh, the Bulls in the final shot of MJ. I was at the Cubs winning Game 7 of the World Series, and I was at the White Sox winning the World Series in 05. Pretty pretty fortunate, yeah, to be at all three of those events in person. Did you have, like, a personal, like, I know you have some gel packs and stuff. Do you have anything from each? Oh, yeah, I have souvenirs from each, right. absolutely. You I've got anybody's jersey or I don't any, know if I've got anything, anything from the Sox thing. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't think I kept anything no. from the, like, I mean, I'm not a... I'm not a fan of the White Sox. Little did you know at the time, though, that you would eventually have a son who is a fan of the White Sox. Yes, Mason is still a White Sox fan. Braxton is a Cubs fan right now. I think that Mason's got some Yurko in him. Contrarian? Contrarian? Very much so. Yeah. Very much uh, a contrarian. Yeah. Um, So this is what we're going to do over the next 25 weeks. We're going to do two of these a week, and we're going to count down the 50. The way we're starting today, though, just to introduce the topic. And don't you have to go over some of the rules, too, and let people know some of the parameters? Is well, that you, usually I, I, your... Listen, this is what I... I mean, I, I always feel pretty strongly about this because this is a very subjective exercise. So I think it's we need to give you the, the disclaimer that um, this is our list, not yours. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just saying, like, bizarre damn list. And, and we have removed some of the the more unsavory things from the list. Okay, like some of the stuff that is the scandal, the scandals. We didn't. You know what I mean? Like that goes without saying. Like that's self-explanatory. Yes. Yes. We tried to keep the, a lot of this, or if all of it. You know, out of the scandal category. Yeah. The scandal category is stands on its own. It's over here, and we don't want anything to do with it because it's scandalous. It's the best way to describe it, right? So there's no place in this list for that. Right. We're trying, we're even trying to have fun yes. with even the 50 bad moments. Y- I mean, yeah. Really like, it's as much fun as we can with some of the bad memories that we have. Over sports, there's no fun with the scandals. No, there's no fun we could have. No, I mean, it's uh, some would question what what kind of fun you could have with some of the things that eventually we will uh, we will display on this list. But 
Like, there won't be a scandal associated with, you know, the, the, you'll understand, I guess would be the best way to describe it. So just know this, that when this list starts to reveal itself... There will be, you know, the scandals will not be part. Of we it. have the list of fifty, so we've already crafted the fifty. Said craft it, yes, and crapped it, and we have not picked number one yet. We have, we, no, we haven't, we haven't come to a consensus on it. We have not, like, think about all the ones that we're considering. I think you guys can think of the ones that would be in the top five. I think there's a real good case that you can make for about seven. There probably seven in the last 50 years that you could probably make number one. I think Carmen and I saw eye to eye on what we think number one should be. We were talking off the air about. I'm with you guys oh, as sorry, well. So now you're yeah. with. So, oh, yeah. um, so we've got to solidify that. The way we decided to do this now, to introduce this, is these are the other receiving votes. This is like the warm-up act. This is like the opening band. Is that a good way to describe it? Yeah. Yeah. So these are multiple ones that we wanted to include on the list. But when we started spitballing Meller, and Meller played a big role in this. Jeff Meller was, was primo on this thing. And um, Tyler, you were away when we were workshopping this, and plus you're a little wasn't bit alive younger for right. several. And of these. you're younger, right? And, I mean, I'm not trying to be disparage Tyler, but he is young. I didn't get here till '89, and I wasn't. I, my brain doesn't function properly, so my memory isn't great, and I don't even remember half of the things that you guys talked about. And I wasn't here for a lot of them either, or some of them. I got here eight years later. Yeah, <laughs> you literally arrived on Earth eight years later. Um, all right, so these are these are some of the moments that we, when we were spitballing, we said, hey, this should be on the top 50. But then when we, like, and originally, Waddle, you said, well, are we even going to be able to come up with 50? And we ended up coming up with about 60. Yeah. 60 or 65. And these are the ones that we decided to put uh, outside of the top 50 when Honorable it was all mention. said and done. All, all said and done. I was very passionate about this one. Um, but again, I'm old. And if you're my age and you remember growing up in Chicago, you remember cheering for DePaul like DePaul was the Bulls. And there was a period of time that I explained to people like Waddle and younger people like Tyler that the DePaul Blue Demons, when when in the late 70s and early 80s, in between the Dick Mata Bulls and then Michael Jordan's time, when he arrived in 1984... The Bulls were like Chicago's professional basketball team, even though they weren't a professional basketball team. They were on WGN. They were coached by Ray Meyer, who was one of the top uh, NCAA coaches. Then Mark Aguirre, Terry Cummings. And a year after going, I believe it was a year or two after going to the Final Four, they were in the NCAA tournament and they were upset by St. Joe. In the NCAA tournament. That's not good. And, and the, this one we thought was going to go in the top uh, 50. I believe this was in 1981. Ball, led by two-time All-American Mark McGuire, was on the verge of shaking its recent tournament frustration. But St. Joseph's raced the length of the court in John Smith's layup with three seconds left. Triggered a huge upset, 49-48. 
It was the second straight year the Blue Devils were ranked number one and were eliminated in their first game. Here was DePaul, number one team in the country, Mark Aguirre, Ray Meyer, legendary coach. A lot of people thought DePaul was a team that could win the NCAA that year. Meanwhile, I mean, come on, St. Joe's played in a, a little crummy field house in, in Philadelphia. The entire game, DePaul just seemed kind of in the days like they were shocked that St. Joe's was hanging in the game. It was almost like they had the mentality that, you know, what was going to happen wrong next. Right. Prior to the game when he shot, I know that they, they, DePaul missed the front end of a one-on-one. Look at this! St. Joseph has the ball back! I think DePaul was expecting to call timeout, but St. Joseph pushed it up the floor. Seven seconds! Look at this! Look what at this! Pass. They win! Oh, St. Joseph wins! Unbelievable! It was really one of the all-time great NCAA upsets, So, and they still talk about that to this day. I remember it as a child. My mom remembers it. And I believe some be- some people think that's where the term March Madness came in, from that upset of DePaul. Who coined the phrase March Madness? I'm not sure, no. but, but I was but reading was about the re- it. It was the result uh, of this game? There's some who believe that's where it came from. Yeah. I'm not totally sure about it, but when I was looking at this game, because I remember watching that and just how upset we were that DePaul lost this game, because we thought they were going to win a national championship. Right. Um, and then one that's more uh, up to date. Uh, this is more modern. Uh, a lot of people thought the Blackhawks could win three straight cups, 13, 14, and 15. If you remember how the Blackhawks lost in 14, I'll never forget this. I was sitting in Mason's nursery. He was just days old. I was holding him just back from the hospital during overtime of Game 7 against the Los Angeles Kings. Williams moves it into the corner. Wedding lost his stick. Puck comes out to Martinez. Martinez with a shot. It's in! The Kings are headed to the Stanley Cup Final! The shot by Martinez deflected and beats Crawford. Now that did not make the top 50. Why did we choose not to put this one in the top 50? I think part of the reasoning was that in 2015, the Hawks came back and won the Stanley Cup. So I think that took a little bit of the sting out of the Game 7 loss in the Western Conference Finals. But that one certainly hurt immensely at the time because the Hawks were going for back-to-back Cups. And obviously, they had only won one at that point. So it certainly did feel, you know, it was a crushing blow for Hawks fans. But I do think the 2015 Cup started, helped to alleviate it just a little bit. This was a Meller decision, I think, wasn't it? Was this Meller's decision? No, to, I to think leave they were, it off? Yeah, I think they were all like sort of universal. Yeah. I think we all all went all I, along with it. Yeah, I agree. It sucked. It was one of the you know one of the worst losses for Hawks fans in more recent you know memory. So here's another one that this is more funny than like one that stung. I went to this game. I'll never forget it. It was at Wrigley Field, but it was not baseball. The friendly confines of Wrigley Field appear to be too cozy for a football game. The historic home of the Chicago Cubs is playing host to a Big Ten clash between Illinois and Northwestern on Saturday. The schools and the conference agreed Friday to run every offensive play toward the same end zone to avoid the possibility of players running into a padded brick wall at the other end of the field. The problem is that the east end zone nearly abuts the right field wall, which has been heavily padded. Both teams will run their offenses toward the west end zone, 
which ends not far from the dugout. All kickoffs will go the other way, and after change of possessions, referees will reposition the ball to point offenses to the west. Northwestern is the home team for the first football game at Wrigley since the Bears left in 1970 and first college game since 1938. For their part, the Cubs express surprise that the teams have decided to make these drastic changes. Jack Briggs, the Associated Press. <laughs> Jack Briggs. I'm Jack Briggs. Like, that makes it sound even older. What were the Cubs surprised about? What, the, 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 the Cubs made, were oh, surprised? Hell, you well, can't get a football uh, field in here? Well, if you, like, I think some people may have forgotten. If you watch the video, technically, the 120 yards fit onto the field. The problem was the way the center field wall jutted out. <laughs> It was literally like the last step of the end zone. So you couldn't, like, if you came down at the back of the end zone and tried to make a toe-tapping like catch, arena football. You'd, right, be, exactly. you'd be slamming into a brick wall yeah. as you were trying to get your toes hey. down. Craig Kenny so. surprised by the decision. Risk it. No risk it, no biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bill Briggs from the Associated Press. Jack. Jack Briggs. Jack Briggs House. Speaking of Wrigley, there's one that you want on the list. Which one is that? You want the Sandberg game on this oh, list. Oh, stop it. That That's was just me being funny. The- that was a joke. Because <laughs> you joke. want it scrubbed from your memory, man. No, it's not true. From, I just, cut from your memory. Listen, I, 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 I joke because I know that it, it bothers you. And Randy Merkin, if he's listening, he probably just had a stroke hearing you say that. <laughs> All right, so we have more. These are more honorable mentions. These did not make the top 50. Uh, is there any on the I'm list? I'm Bill Briggs. Bill Briggs. Is there any on the list that you remember well that you want? That uh, Well, me personally, well, yeah, that's I, rem- on this list here. I remember this. I don't remember the circumstances or the significance of the actual mistake. But to hear, like, I will always hear Ron Santos Brant Brown drops the ball. Like that whole that whole exchange with him and Pat Hughes. 1998. Like that whole, I mean, Ronnie, as he was apt to do, gets very emotional. He got very emotional when he would be calling games. And this was peak Ron Santos. One of the most infamous calls in Chicago sports history. Seven to five Cubs, bottom of the ninth. Two down, the Brewers have the bases loaded and a 2-2 count on the hitter. Here's the pitch. Swung on, fly ball, left field. Brant Brown going back. Brant Brown drops the ball. He drops the ball. Three runs will score. And the Brewers have beaten the Cubs. Never forget Rod Beck turning around in horror. Because he was on the mound and he thought the game was over and he did the double take. Yeah. Because he thought the b- ball game was over and that he caught the ball. And I told you, I've always told you that I was driving back from Hallis Hall, working at the time for WGN Radio where the game was broadcast, listening to this. I was covering the Bears, listening to that game, and I just like took my fist and started. What was the significance of the loss? Well, it, at the time, they were in the wild card race. Okay. And, and it, it, it was a big blow in the wild card race. They ended up still um, winning uh, because they had to play that final game against the Giants okay. in which they clinched a playoff spot and then went on to go play the Braves. 
Um, but they beat the they beat the uh, Giants in that extra game. So obviously, this didn't cost them. It didn't place, cost them, and hence the reason why it's not in the top fifty. But it was a huge it was a huge yeah. loss at the time, right? And to hear. Pat Hughes and Ron Santos. Oh, it's, 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 it's just it's gold. Fun, That's radio gold. It, yeah, it's it, it's still, even though it's a bad memory, it's yeah. still a funny memory. It is. Especially for Sox fans. You wanted one uh, on the list, but it didn't make the list, Tyler. What did you try to sneak into the list? What was it? That went along with this call. Oh, the Saya? Yeah. You the tried to get Saya dropping the ball on the list. But like they didn't make the playoffs. That like that was kind of the starting you point. Think that, to the, that was that the that like was, that lit the wick, yes, so to speak, for why they didn't make the playoffs this that year. Lit the that fuse. was the beginning of the end. <laughs> the say a drop. You're yeah. right. three two in the air out towards right center. Suzuki the call. No no no. Oh, oh my goodness! And two runs score. Suzuki. Called off Bellinger, and just the miscommunication, or maybe he lost it in the lights, I'm not sure. I'm thinking maybe some lights at the end. The trajectory of that fly ball, that's one we see in a lot of ballparks. Get hung up in the lights, you see it at Wrigley from time to time. I remember watching that game. Oh, I was horrified. Yeah. I was, but still not not, not good enough to make the top fifty. No. Or, or bad enough to make the top 50. Uh, Jay Cutler breaking his thumb against Ooh. the Chargers in 2011. That's also honorable mention. Uh, they Ma- were rolling at that time, right? Weren't they 8-2 or 8-3? and, three? Seven and, and three. Oh, Was it 7-3? Yeah, something like and that. And he was playing his best football at he that was. time, wasn't he? The well, second year of Mike Martz, I want to say. Yes, or, in that game against the Chargers, they... He played well, and mm-hmm. he didn't remember. He didn't, he didn't, like, leave the game. We actually... I remember the Didn't he post-game. hurt himself making a tackle on an interception? He did, he did but he he like played out Shocker. the game. And then and then he certainly we got, didn't hurt himself texting us back. We got word like an hour or two after the game that he was probably done for the season with a broken thumb. Right. And then don't you remember too, like there was all the talk about, well, the surgery, if he has it done a certain way, like when they do the surgery, they actually have him gripping a football or a baseball when they do the actual surgery, uh, surgery so that the, the thumb oh, yeah. heals itself in the yes. proper manner. That's Don't right. you remember that? Oh, yeah. that you say it, yeah. yeah. Totally. We were relying I remember on, really stupid things. We were relying on Caleb Haney to keep the rig on the road yeah. for Jay to come back. Yes. And then they lost that Tebow game. Is Caleb Haney he's still in Chicago? I think he works in the financial industry. I oh, does he? In, I think I he's still know in that. town. Um, this one came very close to making the top 50. It was right down to the wire. We consulted with Carmen on this, and we decided to take it out of the top 50. And it was Ozzie Guillen getting traded to the Miami Marlins. And the determination why we took it out of the top 50, Meller, was what? I think we both, well... Initially, the thought was it had kind of run its course. Ozzie Guillen's tenure with the White Sox, they had won the World Series in 2005, but at this point it was 2011. Now, there was so much infighting going on between Kenny Williams and Ozzie Guillen that it seemed like something had to be done. It so wasn't I think, a surprise, I right? think as White Sox fans, even though it was not a good moment for the franchise, it felt like it was coming to an end, so... It didn't feel like it really interrupted any future success necessarily. And speaking of the White Sox, we uh, instead of trading people away, this was a hiring we put on the list. Uh, we put uh, Tony Larusa 
I'm West. I thought this was one, this one was a little bit or, sketchy to or be an honorable mention. It didn't make the top right. fifty. Just because, like, the, when they hired him, they were they won over ninety games, right? And they went to the postseason. Yeah, but the owner circumvented his general manager. Very true. And I know. he was eleven years coming off a DUI. Um, Hall of Fame baseball guy. I get it. Who you were relying on decision making, and that's not. We were talking about processes with hiring. Uh, head coaches and offensive coordinators. That's not the process when your team is ready to no. win that you want your team to go through. The people who were in favor of the Tony La Russa hiring, they felt like they were vindicated when the White Sox won the AL Central that year. And then the people who didn't want the Tony La Russa hiring felt like they were vindicated when the White Sox were swept by the Astros immediately in the playoffs. Yeah, I, it was not. I, I, don't, I don't think that the, the win total did anything to to make the move like a good move right it, it was it was a bad hiring it was an out of touch hiring and it was very jerry-esque um a, another sort of hiring slash resignation or in this case leaving bill self leaving the Illini for kansas that one was very controversial. I mean, it was it was a guy who was leaving to better to get the better job, a job in which he still has today, and in a job that is every year the number one team or top five team in the country. But the Illini fans would not let that one go. I'm going to lean on you guys for that. When did they let, let him? When did they let him leave? Well, it was 2003. Because remember, Roy Williams was the head coach of Kansas in 03 before the national title. And he was already out the door before the national title game. And then Bill Self was the one that replaced him. Right, because then uh, my guy, of course, Bruce Weber, took him on that run in 05. Yeah, it was Mm D. Brown, Darren Williams, who were on the Illini team, recruited by Bill Self. Which they went to the Elite Eight the year before when Bill Self then chose to leave for Kansas. Uh, I believe he said two days before he actually left that he was not going anywhere. And so I know that made a lot of Illini fans salty as well. People are still mad about it, yeah. Um, all right, and did we hit all of them? You remember Bears 100, too, in the opener and Bears 100? Second to last one? <sighs> yeah, yeah, that wasn't good. They lost 10-7 to 7 that game, yeah. I believe. All the hype going into the 100th season of Bears 100. Yeah. Another letdown against the Packers. They opened up against the Packers. Um, this was right after the 2018 season. Um, they were going to build upon what they did in 2018. Not and so make this, instead of just a pop-up season, 2019 was going to be a building block year where they were going to go and they were going to win a Super Bowl. Remember, offense 2.0. Trubisky was going to come out, and he visor was visor guy. And uh, visor guy didn't have it. Mitch didn't have it. The Bears didn't have it. And the Bears laid yet another egg against uh, the Green Bay Packers. In that game, Mitch was twenty six of forty five for two hundred twenty eight yards, zero touchdowns, and one interception. Aaron Rodgers, 18 of 30 for 203, one touchdown, no interceptions. I'll, I'll never forget the feeling in the city because, remember, that was the NFL opener that year. They chose. Oh, that's they, right. They wanted was that the, Thursday night? Yes. They wanted the rivalry, Bears-Packers, obviously uh, the founding franchise, to be part of it. And so I remember, you know, when you would drive down Columbus, you'd have the NFL 
um, signs up, you know, NFL 100. They were opening the season. You could feel it in the city the entire week leading up to that Thursday nighter. And then, boy, it just <laughs> it felt like a thud, man. I will give you a $20 bill. If you can tell me who the leading rusher for the Chicago Bears was in that game. Okay, so they just got rid of Jordan Howard, I want to say, in 2018. Let me get the $20 bill out just to show it to you to see if I can inspire you. It's right here. They drafted David Montgomery, I want to say, in, in 2019. But I don't think it's him because you wouldn't have made it that easy if it was David Montgomery. I'm going to go with Mitch Trubisky. Oh, no. Damn it. But that's good that you, you your process was right. David Montgomery was not the guy. He had six carries for 18 yards. There was somebody running back who had five carries for 19 yards. Now, I'm not going to give you the 20 because you already had right. your guess. But I'll give you like I'll give who you was five. The, who was the backup running back to bucks. David Montgomery? In 2019. You want to do that as a trivia question for like a Connie's frozen pizza? Sure. Ring it up right now. 312-332-3776. I don't know if this guy was listed as the backup to David Montgomery, but who led the Bears? And by the way, he had five carries for 19 yards. And Montgomery had 18? He had six carries for 18 yards. Boy, they ran the football well that game. Yeah. After that whole offseason. Cloud of dust. Remember, that was in another offseason where they chose not to practice really in the preseason. Isn't that the one that Nagy wanted to have back? And let me just. I don't remember. I was. Uh, let me just wrap up everything on the list um, on our 50 that didn't, uh, the ones that had honorable mention. Uh, the Bears losing, uh, I'm sorry, the Cubs losing game 163 to the Brewers on their home field to get into the postseason. What year was that? Was that 2018? That was 2018. 18, yes. 2018. Um, and then they, I think they lost in the wild card, didn't they, then to Colorado? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, following they lost the wild that, card game. Also, also to, on, yeah, at home. Extra innings, too. Oof. And that was tough. And then I'm trying to think what else. Oh, Meller, you want to talk about the the, yes. the Hawks losing Dominic Hasek? Yes, they traded the Czech Republic goalie, um, Czechoslovakia at the time when they drafted him. They drafted him back in 1983. He stayed in Europe for seven years. The Hawks sat on his rights. He finally came over to play for the Blackhawks in 1991. Now, Eddie Belfour was the starting goalie, and it had a tremendous run, had won at least, I think, one Vesna at that point for the Hawks. So it made sense that they weren't necessarily going to give Hasek the job. However, they, Mike Keenan pulled Ed Belfour from uh, the game during the Stanley Cup final in 1992 against the Penguins because Belfort was getting lit up by Lemieux, Yager, and the Penguins, who just obviously went on to win the Stanley Cup that year. So Keenan pulls at Belfort, sends in Dominic Hasek, and it is widely believed that in that game when he kind of stood on his head in relief of Ed Belfort, that's when several teams decided they wanted to target Dominic Hasek. And so sure enough, the Hawks, when they had the opportunity to trade him, they did to the Buffalo Sabres for a fourth-round pick. And, of course, the one and only second-line center that was going to solve all the Hawks' issues. I'm talking, of course, about Christian Rutu. Christian Rutu. He did not, he did not solve Problem those second-line centers yeah. for the Hawks. Problem solved. And then Dominic Hasek went on to win six Vezda trophies oh. in his career. 
Um, I, at least one Stanley Cup. Might have won two. One as a backup, but uh, the one that got away was routinely that's a good of topic too. during like his fifteen twenty year run as basically um, the best individual goalie uh, in the NHL history. So, and then one more too from oh, this one stinks for me. The two thousand seven postseason for the Cubs. When Lou Pinella took Carlos Zambrano out, I believe after six, it was either after five or six innings, and he wanted to save him for game four, I believe. <laughs> Remember, he, like he, he, he had a shutout going, and he took him out because he wanted to save him for a game that they never ended up playing because they ended up getting swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Cubs never won a postseason game under Lou Pinella. They got swept in 07. Really? And then they got swept by the Dodgers in 08. They went 0-3, in those two playoff series. And then Lou was gone a couple of years later. He learned from Dusty. He didn't want to make that same mistake. <laughs> leaving the Dusty guys in won too some long. playoff games, though. But oh, he did. He just didn't want to leave his guys oh, yeah, in too long. Yeah, he went opposite Dusty. Uh, Rich, uh, what is the answer to Waddle's trivia question? I think it's, it's Jordan Howard. No. Incorrect, Rich. Did Jordan Howard go to Philadelphia he in did. that offseason? I believe he did. Uh, can't live without Jordan Howard, don't you remember? That's everybody? right. How can't can live without Jordan Howard. Uh, Dave, uh, in the Northern Burbs, you're on ESPN 1000. What's your guess, Dave? Hey, was it, was it three Cohen? It was not Tariq Cohen. Ooh, that's a good guess, though. That is Tariq Cohen in that game, though, had eight catches for 49 yards. Oh, that, okay. That's, they used him nicely. Very Waddle-like. <laughs> uh, let's see where we go next. Let's go to Eddie in the Midway area. What's up, Eddie? Waddle and Sylvie, first time I get on. That was Mike Davis, boys. Yes! That was a, uh, that is yes! That was Mike a big Davis. deal. Mike- Meek Mill performed before the game live at Grant Park. I believe he's a rapper. Uh, and we, it was just a terrible game. And it was the year after that Rodgers came back from injury oh. and uh, kicked our ass. Yeah, as Sorry. usual. Yeah, now now we got another guy doing that. Um, and, and like, I, if I remember correctly, Mike Davis was a guy that they liked. Mike Davis was a guy. Then, like after five games, they said goodbye to. I, I think they caught. Like, seven, they he played seven games for the they, Bears. And I think he went to Atlanta after that, or another uh, Carolina. Team, Carolina, and he ended up. Correct. Having like a, a decent little run with them, he uh, not so much in the year they traded him, but the following year he wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah. As, as they say, as Jay Hood say, says, when a good player comes to Chicago, they're just a dope with a C on their helmet. Ouch, Eddie. Hold on, we'll get you a Connie's frozen pizza. All right. Thanks, Sylvie. And then, by the way, it is uh, National Pizza Week. So buy yourself a Connie's Frozen Pizzas. I believe they're on sale starting today at your local Jewel Osco. Nice. So pick that up today. Um, 312-332-3776. So that's what we got going. Uh, We're starting this thing. Those are the ones that came close. If you want to react to the ones that did not make the top 50, and if any of these are surprising to you that did not make the top 50, we will start with number 50, I believe, on Thursday and then we will do two a week. We'll count it down to number one, the 50 greatest moments or the 50 moments that we won cut from our memory in the last 50 years. 
Um, do you want to do Waddle's World sure, right now? Sure, you want some? Uh, I got some sports to root for you, and then we've got uh, we've got a little something we call Florida Ohio in the back end. Let's go to Waddle's. This is Waddle's World, and in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run. He's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend, amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Welcome to Waddle's World. Come inside. Let's get weird. 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 Waddle's World is brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. To find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find us. Member FDIC. Did you see the Falcons interviewed uh, Jim Harbaugh? I did. I texted you guys about that today. Uh, yes, he is. Uh, so now I guess Jim has interviewed with the Chargers and the Atlanta Falcons. His interviews seem to be like very like off the grid. Like Michigan's got to know that he is is talking with NFL teams. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he's keeping them in the loop. Yeah. It just he just won like a title. But, I mean, don't most people believe that there's probably a way better chance that he's going to the NFL? I think so. But it almost feels like it's... Like the Jim Harbaugh coaching interviews, I don't think have caught a, a lot of attention for some reason. Maybe I'm just I'm perceiving this in the wrong manner. But... Uh, there's one guy... I, th- I, I forget if I sent you guys this tweet. One guy who's a, a well-known NFL writer who covers the 49ers for years. He, he, he reminded people on how the interview process went when I think he interviewed for the Niners after Stanford. That okay. He, he interviewed with the Niners and he went dark for three days and then he took the job. Like there was... Well, so Jim's like, decision-making process yeah. may be a little different than others. So going into your what you're having to say about yeah. that they're a little mysterious. Yes. They're, they're, they're a little different. Um, but then you'll probably get clarity, I would think, fairly soon. Uh, my money, if I was in Vegas right now, my money would be on Jim Harbaugh being the next head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, me too. Can I get some odds on that anywhere? Is there any odds? Any odds on that where I can make a play? By the way, my wife made me make a, a bet on a Super Bowl between the Lions and the Texans. Really? Yes. Why? We were watching football this weekend, and she said, I believe that the Lions and the Texans are going to play in the okay. Super Bowl. Can you make a bet? So I did make that play. Any guess as to what the odds are on that? The Lions, and and who's the second team again? The Texans. The te- That's got to be sixty to one. The Houston Texans versus the Detroit Lions in the Super Bowl is plus four thousand five hundred. So it's forty-five to one. Okay, I wasn't that far off. Yes, five dollars to win two hundred thirty dollars. I told her to go outside and just light a five-dollar bill on fire. Oh, she not? said, "No. Why yeah. would I do that?" So, the, the Lions have now all of a sudden a little bit of an easier road. Right? Don't I mean, they, get, they get Tampa Bay this weekend? At home. At home. 
And then they ultimately would have to go to San Francisco if, in fact, San Francisco beats Green Bay. What are the? Do you give the Packers any chance at all to beat sure. the 49ers? How much of a chance? Um, because the 49ers, I, I, I think, are as healthy as they've been all year. At this I heard point. Carmen and Yurko talk about this, and I would agree with them. If I could get, and I think it's nine and a half now, if I could get San Francisco, if I could get the Packers plus 10, I would hop on that. Well, you can. You just may have to pay a little bit for well, it. Right. I don't want to, though. No? No, no, no. I get, like If it goes back to 10, I would jump on it. Okay. Uh, Ron Rivera says he still wants to coach, even as a D.C. So... Could that maybe be, could maybe that be? Matt Eberflus calls him and says, hey, Ronnie, you want to come in and be our D.C.? Or is that um, is that Jim Harbaugh's guy? It's a good question. I don't know. Ron told ESPN in his first public comments since being fired, I have several opportunities right now. I just want to make sure it's the right one. Rivera said it would not be difficult to return to being a defensive coordinator. He last served as a coordinator with the Chargers. From uh, 2008 to 2010 before taking over as the Panthers head coach. Like, again, does it serve Matt Eberflus well to not call his own defense? Because I believe that is what he did best. Well, I think he's already said, hasn't he, that he is going to maintain play calling duties? He's not, no. Oh, he didn't say that. He said that's a work in progress. He said yes. And I think they want to see who they can get, but... I would think I'm with that, you. Yeah, like, like, that's his best thing yes, going. That's, that's where the value for him is coming from. Really interesting. Uh, big trade in the NBA. The Pacers have acquired uh, Pascal Siakam in a trade with the Raptors and Pelicans. Pacers have acquired Siakam in a three-team deal that sends Bruce Brown, Jordan, how do you pronounce his name? Nuwara. Nuwara and three first-round picks to the Raptors, according to Woj. The Pelicans are the third team in the deal, sending Kira Lewis Jr. to the Raptors in a second-round pick. Are you? Su- I, I was surprised that this netted the the uh, Raptors three first-round picks. They're rebuilding. Yeah, I know. Like, but they got they made the deal with the, the Knicks earlier, and now they make the deal here with the Pacers. But they're getting stuff. Like the the, the my one takeaway is. Wh- what are the Bulls doing? Right. Like, well, what and what is their plan going to be? Are they going to sell? Or are I, they going to stay the course so. and, and win 40 games and then try and make their way into the postseason to be eliminated by a number one seed? It's crazy. Uh, the Clippers, I don't know if you saw some of the uh, the videos. The Clippers, uh, are they got a new arena featuring a fan section, as Tyler was telling us the story today, called The Wall. With some strict rules. I saw Steve Ballmer with a really cool vest and a construction hat on. I don't know if he was dancing, but uh, I did see him uh, meeting the media today. The Clippers are finally they're finally going to have their own home starting next season. Um, it's a $2 billion arena located in Inglewood. It's going to seat about 18,000 people. And the team recently announced details on an exclusive section of the arena called The Wall. Located behind one of the baskets, the wall will be 51 feet uninterrupted rows of passionate Clippers fans and include a standing-only section to house 300 or more energetic fans who will cheer loudly. 300 or 3,000? It says 300. That's it? There's only 300 people in the wall? Well, that's the standing-only section. Oh, the standing-only. The wall, which will hold up to 4,500 fans in total, has a strict set of rules as well. Those seated 
uh, in that area will not be permitted to cheer for or wear the gear of opposing teams. This section is for Clippers fans only, the team's website said. If you choose to be a part of the wall, you and your guests can't cheer for the opposing team or wear any gear that supports our opponents. Any fan who breaks the wall code will lose access to the section, according to the team's website. The wall code. Don't break the wall code. Only certified Clippers fans, known as Chuck Mark certified fans. Who? Chuck Mark certified fans. Only those uh, folks can purchase tickets to the wall. Tickets in that section can be resold only to fellow certified Clippers fans on the team's Ticketmaster marketplace. This is, I believe, this is right next to SoFi, isn't it? Or right near it? I think so. I mean, isn't this where, I, I thought it was right where... SoFi's in Englewood, right? Yeah, I thought yeah. it was right yeah. right so where the it, old... It must uh, be right near it, though. Where yeah, the yeah, uh, forum is, right? Isn't it where, isn't that... We're right, and that's where SoFi right. is. Yeah. Right, So, yeah, I think that they, didn't they knock down... Because yeah, I think Thayer was ripping it. When when the Bears played the Chargers this year, Thayer did not like the way it looked so from fine. the outside. No, really? not no, not so fine. The, oh, Clipper, the Clippers arena. Yeah, he didn't he didn't like the way the construction looked. Huh. Him and Joniak were bickering about it. Were they really on the air about it? Yeah. What do you think of the rules, though? You're not allowed to. You know, there's some jackass is going to come in and he's going to have a jacket. Who's he's going to take the, the jacket horse? off. Yeah, and it's going to be a LeBron jersey <laughs> just to see what kind of oh, what yeah. kind of response yeah, they can yeah. get from Clipper security. You see Steve Ballmer yeah, running up there be, and grabbing can, a guy by the back of his jersey? That the rule. Steve Ballmer has to personally escort yeah. you out of in the his, seat. In his construction gear. Yes. But wait a minute. So the penalty would go against the person who sold the ticket to them. If you are in, if you do rightfully have that seat and you are wearing an opponent's jersey there can you be kicked out of that seat it's a good question i don't know T- tyler do you have any other uh, any of the other specifics I, those were the only things that were released was that there was any on psl their... attached to the wall seat no i don't think there's a, a you can get season tickets in the uh certified the, clippers fans known as chuck mark certified fans not chuck wagon but chuck mark certified fans it sounds like a dog food yeah. The Bulls are just asking you to come in and pay top price for a team. We, that we don't very care good. who you root for. Right. Like, just, just come right. to our listen, arena. Listen, I don't care if you wear a Pacers jersey as long as you're paying full sure, free. Right. Pay 250 yeah. for a 200-level seat and eat our expensive food. What would those fans be called? Not the cross booers. No. And by the way, did you see this story about a Toronto man who ran 242 freestyle marathons? Marathon-length runs with no set course over the course of 2023 is a year. He ran 242 marathons in the year. What do you mean a uh, freestyle marathon? Uh, like he, he would just run 26 miles? Yeah, there's no set course. He would run 26 miles. That's, that's nuts. How many of them? Uh, 242 freestyle marathons. Oh. Yeah. He called the project Marathon Earth Challenge, traveled across North America, South America, Europe, Africa, and Asia, running 26.2 miles in each location. He ran 242 of his solo marathons in in this past year to break the Guinness World Record for the most marathons completed in one year. Do you think you could do 242 freestyle mile runs in a year? Oh, yeah. 
Could you do two hundred? A mile, a mile a day for two hundred forty days. Yeah. yeah. What about two mile, uh, two hundred forty-two two mile freestyle runs? I could probably do that. You could. It well, wouldn't where, be where you, What's your line? Where, where, where I, you drawing uh, your line? It's two miles, maybe a little too much. <laughs> For, right, 242 days? It's not a lot of off days, Waddle. No, I know. It's like... I could do it like, you know what? I don't want to bite off more than I could chew. <laughs> Let's did, go with one mile. That's basically like an off day every month. Yeah. That's a month straight of Listen, two I mile runs. I could do it because I basically walk two and a half miles every day. But that's walking. I'm talking about you got to jog it. I you know, know, but that's a, that pace is basically a walk. I wouldn't want to do it. No, I don't want to be in the car for that many miles, yeah, much less run. All right, when we come back, uh, we do something we like to call Florida or Ohio. I need to get back on a streak. I don't think I've gotten one right in like 10 days. And Barstool Big Cat in studio at 4. Get ready to play the game that's sweeping the nation. Public drunkenness. Exotic animals. Dumb criminals. Random stabbings. Or maybe just some good old-fashioned debauchery. Ah. Everything's on the table. It's the Sunshine State versus the Buckeye State as we play Florida or Ohio. And as always, listeners, feel free to play along at home. I don't remember the last time that I got this right. I don't. I've been wrong for like a week and a half. We didn't get it right on uh, Friday. That I, mean, I did. You did. I didn't. Uh, we did, Sylvie. Waddle did not. Yeah, I've got it right. You're cold. Now. You got to get did right. Did you hear about uh, Jake's uh, submission no. on Friday? Oh, yeah. Was it good? No. It, what was it? Was it dark? Was it what? I think someone ate a somebody sandwich. Threw a, yeah, somebody, someone threw a sandwich. It was a Subway sandwich, and they didn't cut it properly. So the, the person who bought it threw it back at the person. And that was it. That was it. That's not awful. What do you mean? That's horrible. Throwing a sandwich at it, someone? It, that's the opposite of what you used to bring us when you were a rookie. You used to... Don't you remember when Sylvie used to give you a hard time for like, the complete chaos to, that you used to bring Tyler us? Tyler used to bring us... Uh, someone was upset with their subway order, so they burnt the whole house down. And two people died. <laughs> oh, Florida or Ohio. No one ever died. I never made. I made sure no one ever died. I'm not sure that that's 100% accurate. I think you there may have been the a tapes? fatality. Two <laughs> brothers were arguing over potato chips. One brother took out his knife and stabbed the other in the face. Florida or Ohio. Oh, it's definitely Florida. Stabbings are in the open. Yeah, no, stabbings, stabbings are Stabbings are fair play. Let's try not to make sure there, there are any fatalities. Exactly. <laughs> All right? I think there was one story where there was a fatality or two. And <laughs> yes, looked at you no, 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 like, hey, I, can we clean it up That a was bit? one of the first things Abdallah told me. This was like before I was on this show full-time. This was when, uh, part-time filling in for Abdallah. These are where you'll find Waddle's World stories. Just don't give him any death ones. And I applied <laughs> that rule to okay. Florida or Ohio as well. Okay. I just remember that there was a complaint from the other side of the console here. Because no, of I, I the know, severity yes. of the situation, <laughs> there have been uh, there have been dissent from the other side. There, all right. <laughs> I like full debauchery. Well, this one is full debauchery. Okay, this one's here for we you. Go. Rev it up. Man allegedly steals pickup truck, then leads officers on a high speed chase before reportedly saying he ingested illegal drugs. Okay. Uh, that's just a joyride on some meth, isn't it? <laughs> like that's, it, it, no one got hurt, right? 
think so. Driver of the stolen vehicle then fled on foot as the tires went flat, and he was captured after a short foot pursuit. Not a lot of clues here, Waddle. What kind of drugs do we know? It doesn't say the drugs. It just says that's, that sounds very messy. He had ingested illegal narcotics, but was cleared by medical personnel. We we don't know. Pickup trucks could be Florida or Ohio. I'm gonna go Chillicothe, Ohio. Ooh, where's Chillicothe? I think it's uh, it's well, it's north and west of of or north and east of of Cincinnati. Cincinnati's in the southwestern corner of Ohio, so it's north and east of that. I'm going I don't north, know exactly. Orlando, Florida. Uh, Orlando's not close to Chilcott. Okay, yes. I, I'm going to go uh, Florida. I miss the simpler times of just sandwiches being thrown on Florida or Ohio. I will go with Ohio. It took place in New Philadelphia, Ohio. Yes! Back! Philadelphia. Of course. We can't make up our own cities. We've got to steal from others. <laughs> We've got you have Philadelphia. We've got New Philadelphia. Just like you guys had New York. We've got New Philly. By the way, there's a story I was just checking out that Kentucky, uh, there's a bill now legalizing sex between first cousins in Kentucky. Florida or Ohio or Kentucky. That's where you're from. I'm actually from Cincinnati. My mom and dad are both from Kentucky. I'd like to see the people who sponsored that bill. <laughs> Cousins. For sure. And it got through, you say, huh? I don't know that it has been officially voted okay, on yet. Okay. <laughs> I think it's, it's, been... it's up for, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's being floated out there. Yeah, it's up for a vote. It's just a trial balloon. Yeah, just seeing how, just seeing how people respond to it. What do you guys think? You I got an idea. I, I think there's an. I got an idea. I'd love, I'd love to see. What the, if we make it legal for you, first cousins to you, have wait, sex? Wait, you know, the first draft of that was siblings, so and they're like, whoa, from, whoa, whoa, that's well, a little much. That, whoa, I, I don't know that that's that's that to I, be true. Yeah, this that's is, exactly how. This I is not just for big, marriage, though. I think this you're is, just big city snobbing right now. Is what you're doing. This is just for sex. Yes. All right, Barnstow Big Cat. Uh, he's got a big furry coat on. He's got yes, kind he of like a, co- a Coppic coat on. <laughs> he's the new Czech Coppic. I think he still. He looks like he still needs a hug. Hey, I, I will. I will deliver a hug because I could use one too. A uh, Barnstow Big Cat. You guys joins are first us cousins, are you? In studio. Coming up next, we are not.